I was telling you last night that I was laughing and I don't know why. My mind wouldn't shut off, which it does sometimes. That's why I take like uh, medication to help me sleep because my brain never stops. And last night I didn't, so I was having like a dozen thoughts at once, but none of them actual thoughts. My mind's racing, but I have no idea what it was that was being thought about. And I kept waking up with it. And then I woke up laughing my head off because I had literally, literally thought of the funniest thing in the world. And now I can't remember it. Whatever it was, it must have been, it would have saved my career. It would have been so good. And I think it involved poo. That is the worst thing I have ever heard. Like, you know. know. Yeah. Because now you're going to spend the entire remainder of your life knowing that it was in your hands. It was within your grasp. You could have had it. And now, I mean, really, ultimately, your life is a failure because you, you didn't yeah. remember what the thing was. Like, it doesn't matter how... I think I had, within reach, the world's last and best poo joke. And now it's gone. It's gone forever. It's gone. I and continue you have to, live to be that. washed up. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it, you know? Like any any success that you you have at your career going forward is going to be tainted with the knowledge that it could have been uh the legacy of delivering the last great poo joke. It, it it's a classic case of when good men do nothing. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Evil like, flourishes when good men forget don't their keep poo jokes a notepad the by their bed yeah. at night when they go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I should do that. I sometimes <laughs> do the Google Docs on my phone if I have uh -huh. good ideas for gym positions. But I should have another document for I, poo. I would <laughs> just for poo notes. <laughs> yeah, because it's not notebook. always jokes. Sometimes you just have like thoughts about poo that you think could revolutionize the poo industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some days, some days the old uh, personal pasta maker make something of a unique thickness and size, and you want to document that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm brewing some hot coffee out my bum, then I want the world to know. There needs to be cataloging and discrimination between, you know, what is a good poo, what is a bad poo. We need to distinguish all this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the funny poos. thing is, is... The, right? Those are the ones that get me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll know I evacuated and I'll look back at the bowl and it'll just be gone. Mm-hmm. Or doing a fart when you've got to do a poo. And so you feel like it's passed through the poo, mm -hmm. which it... makes it worse. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's basically like shitting out the future ghost of the poo that's going to come <laughs> out later. If you can't get to a receptacle. The sad thing is, is that the film we're talking about isn't that bad, so I can't just uh, no, fluidly but, but move this into... It does have poop jokes. It does. Yeah, yeah, there is poo. I mean, I was thinking, actually, when I was watching this, this was a legitimate thought, how much better would this be if Ralph, the wolf one, if the wolf was running around constantly shitting? <laughs> Like when it was running throughout the city, I was just imagining just a torrent, an unending torrent of dog shit coming out of its ass, <laughs> drowning people, crushing cars, filling up skyscrapers, 
having it burst out the windows like a broken chocolate fountain. Be fucking amazing. George following up behind, just grabbing it and throwing whatever doesn't. <laughs> yes, balling it up and knocking helicopters out the sky. We're talking about rampage, by the way, folks. Um, if the rampage. title of the podcast on your podcast delivery device wasn't indicator enough. Yeah, sorry this one's a bit late. Entirely my fault. I say a bit late. Sorry this one's fucking late. Entirely my fault. Um, but we're here now, and on the day this goes up, it'll be the same day Podquisition goes up. So you've got a double bill of podcasts. Pow, Probably pow. means you're not going to listen to them. But listen to them. I yeah. mean, if I'm saying this and you're hearing it, you are listening to it. So, so don't stop. Of, yeah, keep on. Keep on. I might talk about poo again at some point. You never know. But we are going to talk about a big monkey and a big lizard. and a, I shouldn't say a monkey, it's a gorilla. A big gorilla, and a, they are different. A big gorilla and a big wolf and a big lizard. And it's based incredibly loosely on a video game. Incredibly yeah. loosely. There's a, a lot of I reference love. points. Like, you know, like little touches that are oh, supposed yeah, to yeah. evoke plays the, the game. Yeah, But it's not... Uh, and... When they announced this, um, I really wasn't sure how to feel about it because um, Rampage, there is some story around it. Like, it's silly. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It's very uh, satirical. And uh, I, I... Good enough for its own movie, the premise of the game Rampage. But I knew when it was announced that there's no way that they would be telling that story. No, no. I mean, they wanted to make it, you know, one of these stories about apes being adorable and a bit like humans, Uh, which is fine. It made for a a decent film, um, albeit one that goes through every single trope of the family-friendly action movie. Yeah, it's... They they wanted to make a, a film with, you know, um, a human relationship or, you know, a, uh, empathy, friendship, family yeah. saves the day. I mean, it and goes it's... through everything. This has not one, but two corrupt corporate executives covering the bases between the weaselly, cowardly one and the cold-hearted, um, you know, business one. So we get two of those. We get not only a scarred, grizzly, callous private military company guy, but also an obstinate, stuck-up general. We get both. This movie get, gives us everything. It really just sort of runs the gamut. And um, yeah. it's... I The thing I like about the original Rampage game story is that it is just so silly satirical mm-hmm. um in it because it is a satire of of uh, of consumerism and and uh and you know corporate entities the, the bad yeah. guys in it are are the company that turned these guys into monsters that are allowing them you know when viewed yeah. at a in the video game in the video game that's in the video game and... it's three humans that get turned into giant monsters yeah george ralph and lizzie yeah and all because of different like toxic runoff or waste or something like every one of them gets affected by something different 
which mm-hmm. is kind of strange. But they are people who are transformed into monsters because of some bad corporate actor. In yeah. this, and it's... you got um, a giant King Kong XB and Lizzie is Godzilla. And then Ralph is a giant right. wolf man for no good reason, but he's a giant <laughs> werewolf. And he was None my favorite whatsoever. one. I was always played Ralph. Well, and then and there was a a a mouse, um, or a rat at some point in one of the subsequent games because they made it. Uh, yeah. And I can't remember. Which if the that movie was also plays a, a, a an early reference to. Yeah, they 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 kept that, and I'm I'm glad that they or that they put that in there. That was cute. Like there's. There's good stuff in this uh, that references Rampage, and and I think that there's some respect for it, but it is it is a very very different product. It's something that I, you know, I it wanted feels Repo like Man. One of these movies. Sorry, I wanted Repo Man's kind of. That's what Rampage, the video game, reminds me of because it's just goofy commentary, and you yeah. know, it's it's there and it exists, but it's taking it to such an absurdist degree. Um, this takes it in a a different direction and, yeah. and like it, it feels wasn't... like one of these films where they had an idea for a movie and then added rampage to it like they had an original concept of their own somewhere and, uh and yeah it was it uh, with rampage as a game i i feel like yeah it was something that one of the mockbuster studios came up with uh or somebody writing for them and then they realized oh wait a minute there's a license we can put on this that kind of works with it we'll just have to change our yeah prehistoric lizard to an alligator that's easy enough well it's just uh it's just speculation on my part but it feels maybe someone wanted just to tell a story about a giant gorilla like what if a gorilla was turned into king kong and it was a good gorilla um and then maybe along the lines of no let's rampage this up let's put the lizard and the big wolf in there and even though i love the rampage games and I loved the idea of a giant werewolf. The sight of a giant actual wolf makes for a good movie. Yeah. And could have been a good movie on its own. Just a giant fucking wolf tearing through the city. Now you That's see, a film on its own. What what they did wrong, what they should have done. Oh my gosh. They should have given a movie to each of the monsters. Right? Ooh. You know, you get your Ralph The Rampage Cinematic Universe. Exactly, yes. They should have built the Rampage Cinematic Universe. They were unprepared for the success of the original Rampage. Yeah. You know, they could have done it. I mean, I suppose... So, yeah, the the Rampage... I say, I I played it a lot as a kid. I loved Rampage. I used to play it on Commodore 64 and then on something else. I can't remember what else I played it on, but I remember playing it on Commodore 64 or Spectrum. It was one of the two, one of the keyboardy computers. Um, me and my brother used to play it a lot. I think he was always George, I think. And I loved Ralph, and I'd sometimes do Lizzie as well. Um, it was good. The video game, if, if people aren't aware, is it's fairly simple in concept. You climb up the sides of buildings and punch them, and you just punch them out systematically until they fall over and you can punch out windows and there can be people screaming at the windows and you can grab them and eat them uh, and all the while you you're being eat pelted just about by anything that is like small enough to fit in your mouth more or less because there'll be people yeah. on the ground that you're you know able to eat oh, cars yeah, yeah. and all sorts of shit yeah and then if you d- if you lose in the game you get shot enough 
you shrink back down to a human and they f- like waddle off to the side of the screen covering themselves embarrassed and that was always fun it's a well, sting and, off defeat and if you're playing in multiplayer one of the other players can then hop down and eat you oh yeah i mm-hmm. forgot about that <laughs> yeah uh, brilliant it's a good game really good game it was a really good game. It was a and it was one a, of those games that has a unique but simple enough concept that I'm surprised it's not been fully exploited more in the modern. I think there is a somewhat recent one that slips under my radar. Um, uh, Rampage it's an arcade game or something. Rampage Total Destruction is the most recent release in the franchise, according to Wikipedia, and that was 2006. Yeah, see, I, I'm surprised. You'd think in the like the open world craze we've got that a city that you just smash up and can freely travel around would be a hit. Um, and we've had games like the, the Incredible Hulk game where you've got an open world and you can just smash stuff up and people love that. Um, yeah. Doing that as a giant werewolf would be fucking killer. I, maybe we'll see it now that Rampage has hit theaters and, and is fairly successful, all told. Yeah, I, I, I'm... I would like that. I would like that very much because the more I think about it, like, you know, you don't have to make the monsters enormous. They were like, I think five, six times the size of a human character in the original video game. It's big enough to span a couple of a few floors with their height, right? That's all yeah, they need to be. Yeah. You put that into a you know human scale 3D environment city. That's a big fucking playground, and oh, just yeah. make all those buildings destructible oh man that could be a lot of fun i would love that and put in some sort of they'll they'll seize on it put in some sort of gimmick that you have to like uh eat enough to keep your health up so that you maintain your size and can continue rampaging yeah oh man It's, it's wild to me now on reflection that this hasn't happened already that in the last generation or this generation, we haven't had some big open world rampage game. Come on, Warner Brothers, hit me up. Fucking sort it. Yeah. Sort it out, for oh, God's it's, sake. It's That's right, it's Warner Brothers that, that owns it, though. Oh, they'd ruin it. Warner oh. Brothers Interactive sucks. I hate them. But man, if Rocksteady made a Rampage game... Mm, it would be good. It would probably be good. Uh, oh. Now I'm just sad. <laughs> <laughs> They'd put loot buildings in it. You have to buy buildings that oh. get constructed in the world, and then you smash them and they got items inside of varying rarities. Oh. You uh, turn all my tanks though. gold. Ugh, yeah. Ugh. This film, the biggest problem with it is I watched it after I've seen Jumanji. Yeah. Because it ain't anywhere near as good as Jumanji. And I think it suffers in the comparison to the point where I was watching it and I was entertained in sort of. Right. But it's very flat and is so by the numbers. To the point where, when the gorilla flips off the rock at the beginning, I was like, well, I'm waiting for that to be an emotional callback. And I got it. You could predict lines in this film. 
before they're they're said. Yeah, I, and like, I'm like, well, that monk is either pretending to be dead, or you know, they'll rescue him in the. Oh yeah, there he is. He's pretending to be dead. Spoiler, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. The this, the thing is, is now I've seen The Rock act, and I'm not sure that I had seen The Rock act before, like actually perform a role that was not mm-hmm. The Rock, right? Right. Uh, you know, charming, smoldering, you know, but this character that he created, I've seen Dwayne Johnson act now is what I'm, is what I'm saying. In Jumanji, I saw Dwayne Johnson act. Um, and now I'm watching the rock again and I like the rock. I think the rock is great, but I know what Dwayne Johnson can do. And so this is just eh, kind of by the numbers. It's yeah. all right. It's not unenjoyable, but I'm not uh, thrilled by the experience. Yeah. I, I mean, you could watch Jurassic World and get the same characters almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very old-fashioned in that way, I feel, in terms of... I mean, it's a modern movie with modern spectacle, but the structure and the writing feels old hat, rather yeah. archaic. The scenes of the destruction are really good. It just takes a long time to get to it. It takes a, a good while to actually ramp up. Um, and when it does, like those scenes are, are fantastic. The CGI work is pretty Phenomenal. damn good. Yeah, pretty I'm... damn good. Like it doesn't. They they film it in such a way that it doesn't look obvious, and it just they they often keep the the monsters in the background, but and just showing the scale of them. And that works very well. Yeah. Doesn't show off too much of them. Even when you see them tearing through the city in broad daylight, uh, you get just enough to not notice that it isn't really there. I, I mean, I know, I know that Lizzie is borderline infringing on the intellectual property of a very litigious corporation. Fuck, man, Lizzie, I just can't get behind Lizzie in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that, Lizzie was a disappointment. That long, uh, alligatory form. Um, I, 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 I mean, I think that could have worked still if they'd have... If she'd have done much more than just wander about like an alligator. Right, yeah, like, I mean, how horrifying... Like, uh, the bat, the wolf, the wolf can fly, right? And that's a a a moment where you're like, oh shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember why... when I saw the wolf fly, and I was like, that would have been a great time for it to have sprayed shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if Lizzie had gone upright, it's yeah, point. like reared up as a sort of surprise thing. She didn't really get anything. No, Ralph got everything. He got the flying squirrel wings. He got spikes that he could shoot out of his tail. Which Lizzie, Lizzie had also tusks. got. Yeah, Lizzie got oh, this warthog uh, thing going on. Yeah, she got this warthog thing going. I did like that idea, the sort of blending of animals. Yeah. Um, but she really didn't do much. Like, Ralph throws those spikes and it's this sudden, oh, fuck. And she mostly uses her tail as a club. Yeah. But and that's she's just an alligator. She's the one we're really afraid of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was. Eventually, because she was the last one we see, and, and Ralph is sort of there as the main sort of 
antagonist, I guess. But then she is the, the, the holy shit moment. But she really wasn't very holy shit. She came out of the water, then just joined Ralph in destroying shit. Uh, eight, eight through a was it a helicopter at one point? Mm-hmm. That bit was was a cool visual. But yeah, she should have done more. Like if she if she could jump like a flea or something, <laughs> just this sudden thing that she could do that was fast and shocking for something so slow and lumbering. I feel like that could have done something. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, there's just a, there's just a missed opportunity with Lizzie. She feels like an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. Ralph was fantastic, though. Ralph's great. Oh man, only thing uh, missing was a, a really uh, needed more shit. Just needed it all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking at one point. Um, so we know why he's called George because you know, Rock the Dwayne Johnson has called him George. How are they going to call him Ralph? Oh, there we are. Weirdos on the internet are calling him Ralph. That That is how uh-huh. they name him Ralph. Of, uh-huh. of course. Of course. Of course, because that's the the easiest lampshade to get a reference to the game out. Is that people on the internet have, have called him this thing from the video game? Then he should have just looked at the camera and winked. Well, I mean, there is a Rampage arcade machine in the CEO offices. At the corporation, so they played that. They played that and got the idea to. And then they named the real. project after it. They did, yeah. Project Rampage. Yeah. So. So. Oh, the big dog was cool, though. He was cool. Do you want to talk about the movie? I'm sorry. I do have to just um, because oh. I'm not, I'm not quite done with this poop thing. Because mm-hmm. as you were talking about how cool uh, Ralph was, and I was thinking of him running across the country, just dropping piles of shit as he goes. I imagined, oh, sure. I imagined Lizzie coming behind him, right, <laughs> following up. Hang on, like a squidling from Splatoon, just diving from one pile <laughs> of shit to the next behind Ralph. Oh, that's fantastic! So there, I just I I wanted to make sure that that visual got out there into the world before we. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's great! So, again, missed opportunities with Lizzie. That's the yep. running theme. <laughs> that would have surprised the hell out of me. Yeah. Oh my God! A crocodile's come out of the poo. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Who could have? Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's tell people what happens in the film proper. We start with a bit of on-screen text history to set the stage. Um, CRISPR technology. CRISPR stands for something, but fuck it. I, I don't know. Uh, it became available in 1993 as a means of genetic editing, uh, which in 2016 was designated as a weapon of mass destruction and proliferation by U.S. intelligence because of its potential for misuse. That Those are f- the real-world facts that they want us to be aware of to establish their fiction. Yeah, basically saying this literally will happen. This is Just brace yourself, people. What you're about to see is medically accurate like the human centipede. You think Chicago's fucked monster. now? Yeah, uh, you just wait. You wait till a giant wolf shits on everything. The film opens in space, 
on the space station Athena-1 in orbit around the Earth, and things are not going well in there. Uh, a scientist named Atkins reveals in a radio communication that an experiment's gone wrong and the whole crew is dead. And so she is ordered to retrieve genetic samples, and they lock her out of the escape capsule until she does so. So that is a super because cool... Because of course. It's a super cool mission control move right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like we say, by the numbers. So yeah, the the mission control will make sure they get the sample like you've seen in films. Yes, films and with bad, bad science going on. And books. Um, so Dr. Shows. <laughs> Dr. Atkins floats her way to a lab and retrieves the samples uh, that are stored in these, contan- these canisters. And after collecting three of them, we see what is about a human-sized rat. Um, like, that's a big rat. Oh, yeah. Hideous looking as well. They did a good job with the rat. Mm-hmm. And but again, there's enough uh, other visual activity going on in the scene that even if you know that any flaws that the rat has are pretty well covered up too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think of all of the of all the designs, it was the fakest looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a bit cartoonier than the rest in terms of the way it moved. But yeah, you're right. There was so much other stuff that they could obscure it fairly well. Yeah, they they did not spend the time on this rat, nor should they have. Um, so you know, just in terms of resource allocation, it it, it makes sense, and 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 it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, so uh, the rat chases her through this exploding station to the escape pod, and Atkins straps into that and launches off as the space station blows up in her rear view. Um, but unfortunately, her pod loses integrity on reentry. And the canisters fall through the atmosphere to the planet below. Cut to a jungle where The Rock is taking a stroll with a group of people, one of whom is a young man, Connor, trying desperately to impress the only woman in the party with tales of his adventures in Uganda working against poachers. The Rock stops the group, telling them to be careful because this guy's flinging a whole bunch of monkey shit. Oh! Whoa! <laughs> oh, the rock! I appreciate their desire to have more characters than the rock in this. Yeah, although it does just boil down to the rock as the leader, then the man one, the woman one, the geek one. Yeah. Again, very. It, it, this isn't looking to redefine any genres. It, well, it's it's also not looking to have much of anything to do with these other characters. No, <laughs> like, not really. Uh, they are there just to fill out the cast. They're, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're there to give The Rock somebody to communicate with that yeah. can convey ideas verbally as opposed to requiring sign language and then having to have The Rock then say the thing that's being signed so that the audience understands what's been said. Yeah. Which... Plus he needs people to be cooler than. Yeah. And he's... Like, uh... We need to re- be reminded that The Rock is cooler than the other ones because he's The Rock, for fuck's sake. Well, and he is he is cooler than all of them. Like, mm-hmm. every single one. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that... Uh, you know, the female intern 
is attractive and and earnest and wants to learn and seems to want to do a good job and wants that sweet rock because he's he's too cool for that you know he 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 only cares about his gorillas exactly super cool um he doesn't trust people he trusts the gorillas more than he does humans because of course he does because you've seen that in films and books and tv shows and games As it turns out, they are at the San Diego Wildlife Sanctuary in the gorilla habitat, watching as a new male pavo is introduced to the community. Comparisons are drawn between this male posturing for the female gorillas and Connor posturing for the female intern, whose name I really don't think, and I feel terrible. I don't think I wrote down her name anywhere, and and I don't know if it's even said in the film. I don't remember any of these characters' names. Up to and including the rocks, um, but the rock decides to see if uh, if if Pavo will listen to his commands, and he orders the females to move away and calms Pavo down. So he's you know he's got this animal thing down. He knows what he's doing, and then suddenly an albino gorilla comes out from the brush, and uh, Pavo becomes agitated. And the rock warns fuck up Connor not to move, but Connor gets freaked and he bolts. This is that co- asshole. This causes Pavo to chase him down, but before the gorilla can club the jackass to death with his meaty fists and elicit cheers from the audience, <laughs> the albino knocks him out of the way. And a, a conversation follows between the albino gorilla, George, and the rock, which is full of mirth and teasing about how Connor has pissed his pants and Pavo needs looking after in the group because he's new and his family got killed by poachers. And so George, after flipping the bird to the rock, because obviously, you know, the animal needs to have some, you know, exclusively human communication mode that it understands uh, and that we understand. So that we can identify, yeah. Right. Uh, Everything in this conversation that The Rock has with George is called back to later. This mm-hmm. entire thing exists so that it can have an echo toward the end of the film. And that's one of my problems with this film and why I couldn't get into it so much. Like Jumanji was full of unexpected things. This, I could see the groundwork. It was like looking at a character model with the textures removed. Mm-hmm. You could just see... You didn't see the movie, you saw the thinking behind the movie. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, yeah. that that's how I looked at it. I was like, I'm I'm just looking at a script. <laughs> really. Yeah. I'm I'm in the pitch meeting right now. Uh so uh yeah, he flips the bird to the rock and then agrees to there seems to agree to take care of the. I don't know. You don't get any real confirmation that he's going to give a fuck about this other gorilla. But uh, I like everyone's... to think the moment they were gone, he ate it. He <laughs> ate that gorilla. Just just gobbled it up. But everyone seems to be having good times now. Uh, on his way out for the evening, the uh, female grad student tries to indicate her sexual interest to the Rock by suggesting that they have a drink and talk about his submission techniques. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does say that. Yeah, she does. Uh, The Rock's having none of it. She wants to be treated like an angry gorilla. That's a hell of a come on. Yeah, that's that's bold. That is bold. Subdue me like you would a violent gorilla. 
uh, okay, maybe we should introduce bestiality into it. Like, do me like the violent gorilla? Ooh. I didn't say that. I didn't. I didn't say the Rock's gonna fuck a gorilla. <laughs> I mean, he might have done. He probably has, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> well, the Rock. <laughs> this establishes that the Rock likes people more than animals, or, or likes animals more than people, because he can understand animals. Uh, and this is established through conversation with the, yeah. the nerdy coworker. That's... When a gorilla wants to have sex, he knows it. <laughs> That night, the canisters land, falling in Wyoming, Florida, and at the park in San Diego, where their contents come into contact with a wolf, an alligator, and George, respectively. In the morning, the rock gets to the park and meets with the nerdy co-worker, who is waiting there in the parking lot to tell him that George has found his way into the grizzly bear enclosure. And in the enclosure, they find a dead grizzly bear. And I don't think they play up enough at this point how, like, fucked up that is. Yeah, uh, they like, make a reference that, oh, the gorilla is, uh, the sorry, the grizzly is the the toughest predator right, on land, they, something like that. They do it backwards. Like, they explain why it's horrifying after we're no longer in a state to be horrified by it. They needed yeah. to, to play up how violent and dangerous a predator the grizzly is before we see the grizzly with its fucking throat slit yeah yeah i mean it's it's it, it's something they should have done in the setup scenes but they were too busy setting up cute callbacks right uh in the enclosure they find that dead grizzly and a wounded george uh, the Rock does his gorilla whisperer thing, and we see that George has grown to twice his original size. And then they're called to the gorilla enclosure, where the interns have found the specimen canister. Meanwhile, in Chicago, at the Energine Corporation, sibling executives and cartoons Claire and Brett Wyden are discussing <laughs> the unfortunate loss of their space station and its effect on their stock. Uh, that is one good callback to the original Rampage, is how unsubtle these corporate meddlers are. Yeah. yeah there's... They do nail that, just the, the, as you say, the cartoon level, the Captain Planet villain level of these corrupt executives. Yeah, they are... Uh... <laughs> they're... they're cowardly. Well, they have they have they have the cowardly and and determined dynamic going on between the two characters. Um, I I like that the one who is more more concerned about the PR fallout is the one who's freaked, while the one who's more concerned about the money is the one who's calm. Uh, they are entertaining characters. I I I like their presence. I think if they if you're they were gonna do, you know, corporate villains being behind all of this. This was the this was the route to take. Uh, make them silly and fun and and take yeah. the piss out a bit. Also, I don't know. I can't remember because I I played a lot of the original rampages. So the the rat slash mouse is uh, pretty abstract to me. I can't recall its name. But she's got a pet rat. I don't know if it's named at any point, but. I, I don't know if you know if that's a reference. Uh, I don't. If, I I feel like it's the kind of thing they do. Yeah, it is. 
but they also uh, already had the rat in space. I don't. They I did don't... have the rat in space, but it wasn't named. So that's what makes me wonder: like, did they? I, and I don't. Also... I don't recall if they named the rat in in this either. Yeah, maybe not. Um. Oh well. Just a just an aside. But yeah, I I really I don't know. It's a strange. It's a strange thing that they keep pulling back to that rat. Yeah. Either know. way, it's it's hoggish, I... greedly, and verminous scum up there, loot and plunder. Yeah, exactly. And and they are uh, very upset at the loss of the space station and, and its effect on their stock. Uh, Claire and Brett widen. Uh, they are siblings. Uh, but Claire's still psyched that the project worked, uh, noting that Atkins got the samples off the station and that they should have survived re-entry, meaning that they simply have to retrieve the containers and they're back in business. Uh, and she's decided to leave it in the capable hands of someone at a private military contractor their company recently acquired. This guy's name is Burke. And... Yeah, the, your typical Blackwater-style thing. He's even got the uh, the scar on his face that uh-huh. retains his handsomeness, but yep. lets us know he's been in some shit. Uh, yeah, in Colorado, we, we meet him there, and he is just this badass military guy, and we're immediately shown how how he's a badass by how he's casually handed a gun, which he then casually inspects as he casually walks, then casually hands to another soldier before casually boarding a black helicopter and making casual banter with other soldiers about Wyoming, where they're about to take a casual flight to. Yeah, like he is because this the, is so normal. He is the so super cool. chillest. Uh, it's, this is a, a Joe Manginello, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And he plays Deathstroke in some aspect of DC entertainment. Like, I, they're giving him a, a, a movie or a series or something now that he's been playing it for, but he's not the one that's in the CW, like, superhero television series as Deathstroke. So I, I don't know. Anyway. It's so confusing. It's so fucking it's complicated. The comic book shit is so confusing, at least on the DC end. Like, Marvel, it's it's overwhelming at times, especially with the TV. But it's effectively but segmented, so... too. Yeah. Like, you have the Netflix stuff, which is going to persist for a couple of more years. And, oh, God, did you hear about what's happening with that now, with Netflix and, and Disney? Uh-huh. and. Uh, Marvel, yeah, so Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be the last Marvel movie to release on Netflix. Because Disney's uh, launching its own competing service. Of course it is. Yeah, so... Of course. Uh-huh. Another account people are expected to fucking have. Yep, it's, uh, you know, we wanted a la carte It's just turning into cable cap- again. Well, yeah, it is, but at least with cable, yeah, the, the problem with cable was the packages. You know, you got a whole bunch of shit you didn't want. And and everyone had been saying forever, oh, give us a la carte options, give us a la carte options. And when the cable companies couldn't get their shit together to do that, now the content providers are doing it and the cable companies are, uh, oh, I know, they're going to, uh, they ha- well, they all have their own and net neutrality is dead. They're going to, you know. Yeah. Make they're gonna make the money that they're they're losing on that now by uh, um, charging the corporations that have formed 
or are the content providers, they're going to charge them a lot in fees to get access to the users, which that's then going to be passed on to the user base in the form of subscription fees. So you're not going to save any money. Uh, you're probably going to spend more money uh, to get you know, less stuff you wanted. The world's a horrible place. <laughs> Just, you know, uh, stop consuming. Just give up. Give up. Yeah, just just lay down on your back in a field somewhere and stay there. That's my eventual plan. Yeah. So anyway, uh, in Los Angeles, a woman with books on genetics has overslept. Okay. After lying to her <laughs> boss about being stuck in traffic, she sees a news report in which Brett Wyden comments on the destruction of the Athena 1 space station. She doesn't like him very much. And she then flips to another report which makes mention of the local debris, as well as the escape of George from the wildlife sanctuary. And she calls her, her boss again and lies again, grabbing her keys from next to a framed photo of her and a person that I, I guess has cancer. Because that's like they're, they're wearing, a, a, um, a, what, what do you call it? The smock that you wear when you're in the hospital. Uh, a gown? A, a hospital gown? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, just hospital gown. And, I mean, yeah, and they have no hair and they are a child. So that just, I, those three things just says cancer to me. But I wouldn't, you know. Plus the nature of this movie and the predictable beats. Oh, right. Like, yeah. Right. I so, mean, either way, sick oh, child. Oh, you know, what, you know what he has? You know what he has? He has her motivation. That's what he's dying. <laughs> he's got a, a classic case of the motivations. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. Uh, Burke arrives in Wyoming at the impact site, finding the canister destroyed and a bunch of dead wolves that appear to have been killed by another wolf. And that's not normal wolf behavior. Realizing that one of the wolves must have come in contact with the canister, Claire orders Burke to bring it to her, dead or alive. Back at the sanctuary, the rock gets test results on George, and they're super weird, indicating that he's growing at an accelerating rate. I want to know what these tests are. <laughs> I want to know the, the tests that they're doing on George. They just whack out a tape measure and be like, oh, he's bigger. <laughs> I mean, they're Bigger doing than blood he was tests. ten minutes ago. Yep, they're doing blood tests and all of that. You know, I'm sure. But I, I guess the thing about blood tests that I know that the film doesn't want me to know is that when you do a blood test, you have to be looking for something. It's <laughs> <laughs> they're looking for bigness. This blood is big. This is some big ass blood. Yeah, and and I guess. I mean, maybe his blood's full of MacGuffins. I don't know. <laughs> that could be. Uh, maybe, can you it's search? It's full of science. test blood for science? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If you look under the microscope and see science, then that blood is full of fucking science, mate. <laughs> the Rock doesn't want to report this uh, because then the people in charge will want to kill George. And his nerdy co-worker is no match for his rugged and persuasive charm. So they agree to keep it on the down low as long as possible. Irresponsible. Oh, oh no. I mean, this is fucking how uh, uh, 
what's that Michael Crichton one? You know, that Michael Crichton story. Oh, it's Congo. No, it's not Congo. Uh, was it the Andromeda stream? No, it's not the Andromeda stream. It's Jurassic. God damn it. It's similar to one of these. <laughs> so the rock sets his people on finding the origin of the container, but because this needs this plot needs to be moving along, they've already been found. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a who, lot to get through. Yeah. By, by the woman it's who was been late found, for work. What a, what a startling coincidence. And she was in the area. How convenient. I mean, sure, she had to drive, I think, from Los Angeles to San Diego. I think that's... Yeah. Yeah. Also, she's lying about where she works. That's not a spoiler. It is revealed as if it's a shock later, but you instantly know she's lying because this is the type of film that does that. And, well, I mean, and... God, here's the thing I don't understand is like she got there pretty fast. I mean, the 10 from L.A. to, to, to San is horrible. It's it's a horrendous. It's not a long it's, stretch of road, but I mean, you could be easily getting three hours. Clearly, when she's going to get rush hour. Yeah, it's the last few seasons of Game of Thrones. It's suddenly <laughs> the world has shrunk because people are where they need to be at all times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she claims to be a geneticist from Energine. Um, and is initially reluctant to give up information, so the rock blows her off, but then changes his mind when she correctly identifies the, Simpson, the, the symptoms that George is exhibiting, and so he takes her to him. And we get a technobabble seed, which, to its credit, this technobabble seed is, is written and executed in a manner that at least attempts to keep the audience engaged in what's happening because they do have a lot of science that they all of a sudden feel like they need to explain. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Kate explains that her work involved combining the evolutionarily advantageous traits of many, of many species and developing a system that would rapidly rewrite cells with new genetic information. And as this scene progresses, George gets increasingly impatient for food. And The Rock keeps, you know, interrupting to make some comment about George or to ask for George to, you know, get the food. Him getting more, you know, uh, fervent with that request as it goes along. And it's a good build. And it's, it's, I hate these kinds of scenes, but if you're going to have to have it in your science fiction film, at least they recognized how painful it would have been to watch otherwise and, and inserted. Yeah, like it's basically the, the techno babble exists just to do its best to stop people saying, well, why does this happen and how does that happen? Right. Um, they probably weren't very interested in it, so they had something more interesting going on at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. That's the best way to do it is to silence as many questions as possible while giving the rest of us who don't care that much something else to gawp at. Right. And so uh, George gets increasingly impatient for food, uh, which is a likely metaphor for audience reaction to such exposition-heavy scenes. And he eventually breaks down the wall of the cage he's in and, and bashes his way out of the sanctuary's offices, where, again, now, you know, the reason Connor exists is for this callback joke where he cries like a little child. Um, 
and George flees into the parking lot. The Rock catches up to him, tries to calm him down, and, like, this is, a, I guess, a, something of a twist that I didn't expect, in that the cops show up, and the tension gets hot, but The Rock calms everyone down, only to then have a helicopter show up and just start pumping tranks into George. Like, of course, and they do this scene more than once. Yeah. Not with a helicopter all the time, but it is always calm down the gorilla, then some bumbling militant guy comes in and opens fire or does something else to start it with their aggression, with their foolish aggression. Uh, they so- are so stupid to see a giant, a g- angry gorilla, a violent, hungry, probably horny gorilla. They are so stupid that they want to do something about it. Those idiots. Those idiots. I just, I can't. I, I can't understand how I guess I guess I'm just surprised it happened so quickly in the story here, you know, but that's, I guess, again, to, you know, have the opportunity to do it twice and do the callback. That is one of the surprising things is how swift thing like the private military guy, his involvement ends before I thought it would. I yes. Thought he'd be, you know, the hunter. I thought he film. was good. Yeah, I thought he was going to be. But that's. A- a long-term, like, antagonist yeah. thing that The Rock would have but actually But he's to cleared off the with. table. Yeah. He's cleared off the table just so we can introduce other authorities that also hit other predictable tropes. Yeah. Everything's brushed off so that we can do more, like, expected shit. And I, I really... Well, I'm... Yes, I guess, I guess it's unexpected to clear off expected stuff to clear expected stuff off the table. Like, they subverted my expectations for the film when they introduced Burke. And 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 as the Burke story progresses, uh, which, yeah, we're, we're about to get there. Um, Burke and his team are making jokes about needing guns to kill a wolf, and then they spot it and observe that it's a pretty damn big wolf. It's a big wolf, guys. It's a big It's a giant wolf. wolf. And Burke takes a shot with a big-ass rifle and radios back that the target is down. It's a bit presumptuous on his part. Um, Wolf that big? I would probably have stayed in the air to make sure first. Probably. Yeah. Wolf that big? I mean, they could see it clearly from the air. You think Wouldn't you just circle around a couple times, maybe put a few more shots in? That'd have been me. Big fucking wolf. Uh... So they go in search of the corpse, finding its very large footprint, and they start to get a little concerned. And a group of deer burst through the underbrush uh, and startle the team, only to be followed up by an attack that the wolf, uh, uh, by the wolf that, that takes out the soldiers one by one. This is, uh, they, they, they are self-aware as to how sort of hackneyed obvious this all is. Because the guy that starts to say the thing about, oh, wonder what spooked them, doesn't get the opportunity to finish saying the incredibly obvious line that we've heard a thousand times before when some normal animal is startled before, you know, they they think about what's chasing the the, the normal animals that are startled. They, They cut it off to just have the wolf fucking show up and eat that guy. I respect that. I don't know why they did the stupid fucking line in the first place, though, if only to, to, to be, ha oh, ha ha, we're self-aware. And if you're so self-aware of how stupid it is, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, there is that whole, you know, are you mocking the thing or are you just doing the thing? Right. Are you, are you, if, and if, yeah, if you have to do the thing to mock the thing, 
Eh. And probably just cut out the middleman and not do it. That's my thinking. Uh, so they they all get wiped out uh, while Claire and Brett are watching on monitors from their office. And Claire realizes that they've done too good a job at making a killing machine. And Burke, the only survivor, radios for the chopper to extract him. The chopper sees Ralph from the air and starts firing with the fucking, like, machine gun. And Ralph pounces on it. <laughs> In slow motion, because fuck yeah. Give of course. Me, give yeah. me that slow we'll motion. see this. Yes. Uh, wrecks their shit. They they lose control of the helicopter and crash into a uh, side. And then Burke is just unceremoniously eaten by Ralph. And I was shocked. Like, I really expected that he was going to survive. Like, he was going to get carried out on the chopper and continue to hunt down Ralph. And there was going to be this uneasy tension between this this current-day mercenary you know, who, who took the dark path and this anti-poaching animal lover, former, you know, black ops guy who took this righteous path having to come together and, and work together to... Nope, just... Burke's gone. Yeah. Fuck Burke. Oh. But again, not because it's some clever subversion, but because they've got so many other ones They've got a lot of other through. tropes. So many other obvious characters to get through. Yep. So it's like, get him out of the way. We've we've done the we private military guy. Time to bring in... What's next? Time to bring in the federal agent now, who's going to be oh, yeah, antagonistic yeah. but friendly rivalry type. We couldn't and get then Billy Bob once we're Thornton. done with him... Yes. Yeah, you're right. It, it was not to Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> was it uh what's his name i can't remember his name uh, he jeffrey did a good dean, job jeffrey dean morgan and he did do a good job he was probably the most likable character in the film oh he's he's negan on uh the walking dead okay uh i, I have not watched i stopped that watching that show i i, I watched, watched season one i liked it season two bored me i got a bit through season three and was done i read the comics through to the point where the prison people were gonna go assault or you know negan's people showed up to assault at the prison and that was the last comic i read and and they, you know they were enjoyable but i was like uh all right you know i can only be miserable and unhappy for so long like i just have a threshold of how depressing something can get for me before i have to just like mm -hmm. stop and when you know that every every glimmer of positivity only solely exists for it to be torn away from you later, it's like why bother? You're just fucking. It can with get me. overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, if you're just gonna, I mean, anything that that sticks to one tone is eventually gonna wear you out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so The Rock and and Kate are taken by Homeland Security agents to a cargo plane. Where they meet Agent Harvey Russell, which is uh, Billy Bob. Uh, Billy Bob Norton. <laughs> the Rock demands to know where George is and warns Billy Bob not to put him on the plane. Uh, and so, of course, Billy Bob has them put on board. And in the air, The Rock observes that George is, uh, is healing pretty rapidly. 
Uh, and Kate remarks that it's all part of the genetic recipe. Okay. Really? That's what I'd have turned on. Really? You don't fucking say. And, and so can you explain to me then why he still has the big fucking gaping, you know, oozing chest wound? But the other wounds that he has are all fine. Because part of the genetic recipe <laughs> was wounds are kept if they look cool. Oh. That's it. Russell. You know, uh, if one loses an eye and it makes for like a cool scar down the side of the face, they'll keep that. If they just get like right, scratched right. in the face, they got, won't. Got it. So Billy Bob walks in to give us background on our characters. Uh, the Rock is a former Army Special Forces soldier with a heavily redacted record prior to joining cool a UN anti-poaching task force. Well, the great thing, the cool thing about a redacted rec- record is that you don't have to write one. Yes. So, it just hints that badassery happened. Right. Uh, yeah, if I... <laughs> I would want my record redacted. You know, or portions of my record. I would want to get as many portions of my record redacted upon leaving military service as possible. Because that's just yeah, So like... would I, if only because it would say he slept a lot. <laughs> well, sure. That's fine. But, I mean, the more things you could redact, the more things that people can, like, put in on their own. About how awesome oh, I yeah. am. Totally he slept a lot. Not very impressive. He redacted a lot. What did he do? Hell Killed. Yeah. Hell yeah. Blew up. Be- must must be stuff I'm not supposed to know about. Mm-hmm. Never know that he's Colonel Sleepy. So the Rock repeats his warning about having George on the plane with some support from Kate. But uh, Billy Bob seems pretty confident they've accounted for all the variables in keeping the animals subdued. Uh, and he also tells them about the existence of Ralph, showing them a video. Uh, so, like, you ha- you didn't hear about the 30-foot wolf? Mmm. Your boy's old news. Yeah. So, Billy... Weirdos on the internet are calling him Ralph. <laughs> Billy Bob is cagey about what government agency he represents. Uh... It was OGA he refers to himself as, a, a other government agency. Yeah cute because redacted right uh the rock asks, don't have to explain who he is what rank he is because that would take research fuck it the rock asks what will happen to george suggesting that kate has the ability to cure him owing to her position at energine but it turns out she doesn't work for energine any longer as russell reveals reveals that she was fired a couple of years prior and spent 13 months in prison for attempting to steal hard drives from the company Womp, womp. The only surprise here is that she wasn't a reporter. Yeah. Yeah. Something she had been an undercover obvious. reporter posing as a scientist that worked her way into Energine, uh, discovering what they were doing. Oh, but you know what? No, because her motivation, her her, her brother's dying of her, of her motivation. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Claire and Brett. Well, first, first, Kate apologizes for having talked to the uh, lied to the Rock about her position at Energine and admits that she does not actually know if it's possible to cure George. Meanwhile, Cla- Claire and Brett, our our uh, executive wunderkind, are talking about George, whom they've discovered has been acquired by the government and is currently in transit, as well as identifying Kate Caldwell's presence in matters. But it's cool. Claire has a plan. 
they have a compound that will stop the aggressive tendencies and, and the growth rate of the animals. And the animals are genetically designed to respond to a specific audio frequency, which Claire can transmit from an antenna on the roof of their tower in Chicago. So That's handy. It is very convenient. With the signal on, the animals will be drawn to the tower, meaning that George will likely bring the plane down, and then the military can take down Ralph. They have not, however, accounted for Lizzie, as nobody but us knows that Lizzie exists yet. Dun, dun, dun. The, Fuck. Well, you know, I mean, if we'd just done a better job of destroying the wetlands, but oh no. <laughs> the signal's turned on, and the animals each respond, ending with George in the plane tearing out of his cage. Uh, so shooting happens in the plane, in the big cargo plane. Shooting in the big cargo plane. George ain't taking that shit. Uh, he's beaten down the Homeland Security agents. The Rock yeah. just... At this point, it was at this point that, where I was looking at my screen saying, the gorillas are right off. Oh, just... yeah. Dwayne, sort it out, right? It, it's it's dealt with. Other people's problems now, not your gorilla. Go home. <laughs> it's a write-off. It's done. Someone needs to just cave its fucking head in. But they're, but they're friends, you know? They've yeah, got that bond. Well, it's a gorilla. Uh, <laughs> the, the rock just breaks the zip ties that they've been using to <laughs> to bind his hands together. Like, you know, because he's the fucking rock. He could have done it at any time. Uh, he attempts to load a trank gun. George pins Russell down, and the rock confronts him briefly before, again, now the co-pilot, I'm violent, I've got to stop this thing, starts shooting George from behind in the cockpit. You know, recalling when the... Is it just people in, like, in air flight? That do this because the cops on the ground like totally got it and chilled. If the military presence had been on the ground when this happened, would they have responded to the Rock's urge to let him deal with it? No, because they're the military. They they always shoot. Oh, okay. At everything okay. to startle the monster and make it aggressive again. Right. That's their job. That's what they're employed to do. Gotcha. Okay. Well, an explosion eventually takes out an engine. The plane begins losing altitude. And the Rock and Kate work together to drop a forklift on George. Which is kind of horrifying. But it's like it pierces his chest. It does. With yeah. a forklift. I was like, finally, the Rock's cotton top that that gorilla's no good. <coughs> Here's the thing. They're friends. But I guarantee you, put George at any size in a cage with the Rock for a week and don't put any food in there. The gorilla will eat him whole. He will smash the rock's head open, eat the brains, and the only regret will be that there's not more Dwayne to go around. But would he? Yeah. He's so, a fucking gorilla. So you think what? So you think after like, after a, a week or so in the pen and and no food, the gorilla would perhaps smell what the rock was cooking. <laughs> was that a long enough way to go to get there i think that works okay. it works well enough it'll do <laughs> uh 
So the, they, they get parachutes, uh, Rock and Kate, and uh, the Rock sends Kate first and then grabs Russell also and exits the plane. As, the, as George pulls the forklift out of his chest like he's a villain in any other fucking movie that gets stabbed by a, a, a sword and climbs after them. Uh, Russell wakes up in mid-descent out the plane, and the rock pulls his ripcord so that he will safely fall to the earth. The plane crashes, and the rock looks sad in the least complimentary angle ever shot on film. (laughs) Why did they do this? This is horrible. Like, they actually, I guess they actually wanted to shoot the rock parachuting. So that, you know, they could say he did his own stunts or some shit. Yeah. Which, okay. and they, It wasn't worth it. They, like, it's considerably lower camera quality as well, because they got to hook it up to his tits. Yeah, they got a GoPro attached to his breasts. And, and, it, so, and it's just, look it up his fucking nose. Mm-hmm. And they used it in this film. <laughs> they used that shot in this film. This film, this film, what cost, how much did this film cost? This film cost 120 to $140 million. And they, mm. they, they couldn't cough up, you know, a green screen and 20 minutes of The Rock's time. To sh- I'd like to see the footage of them trying to get as many takes of that scene done before he hits the ground. <laughs> Just let me do that line again. Dude, you do not have much time. Get it fucking done. Oh, man. There is somebody in production. We're not filming this again. There's somebody on the production team somewhere who has all of the outtakes of this. Because you know it wasn't just one shot. They did it multiple times. This is the best one. I need to see them all. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you have access to this, I need to see them all. Release a gallery, the many faces of parachuting rock. <laughs> we want to see those faces. Uh, oh, horrifying. Horrifying. Just, it's it, really just terrible. Uh, on the ground, the rock, Caton, and Billy Bob look through the wreckage, but they don't find George's body, meaning that he's survived, and tracks indicated that he's headed northwest. Russell leaves to find a cell signal, thanking The Rock for saving his life. Uh, So Claire and Brett, our executives, they discuss their options. Now that uh, George and Kate have both unexpectedly survived the crash, uh, they were really looking forward to both of them being dead. But they're more concerned by Kate, who actually knows about their criminal activities, as opposed to George, who is a giant gorilla. Uh, They're interrupted by the arrival of the FBI, who are here to serve a warrant for all of the company's records. And Claire, that cunning minx, tells the FBI they'll cooperate completely, and the agents begin seizing all the hard drives, while she takes the opportunity to point the finger solely at Kate as a rogue scientist who did bad criminal things that they are only just discovering. Kate tries to ask The Rock what's next, but he cold shoulders her, prompting her to ask why he hates people. Again, The Rock hates people. Mm-hmm. 
he monologues about his experiences in war, coloring his perspective on people, and he tells the story of when he first met George, who was hiding under a truck while poachers cut his mother's hands off to sell his ashtrays. So... Cheery. Uh, the Rock killed the poachers like a boss. Uh, does that whole, you know, they didn't make it out thing. He's, he's oh, yeah. Stone Cold Killer, that... What was it? They they shot at me, they missed. I shot at them, I, I didn't miss. It was something like something that. Something like that, yeah. She points out that they're fortunate George doesn't feel the same way about humans because they'd be they'd all be pretty fucked right about now. Um, and, I mean, I gotta kind of take issue with that. Because it never would have come to this if George didn't feel the same way about humans. That's uh, true. If, you know, if George... Because... This relationship that he has with The Rock, their life paths would have been completely divergent. Mm-hmm. George, The would... Rock would have taken one look at him and said, smash it with hammers, it's massive. Yeah, there would not be a completely different giant gorilla. There would be a completely different giant gorilla right now. Like, Because yes. obviously this wouldn't change the fact that there's going to be a giant gorilla. It just wouldn't be George. It wouldn't be albino George. It would be some normal gorilla. So, yeah, I... I think they'd be in the same shit. Yeah, you know, regardless. Yeah. He'd have still I mean, wound it's like up... it's classic phrase, same shit, different gorilla. He'd have wound up with some other gorilla that he had some relationship with. He'd probably... He may, maybe he wouldn't be as determined to save this gorilla as he is about George. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it would sell a lot less merchandise if it wasn't Albino. Oh, uh, there is that. There is that. Not quite as good on a poster. Oh, and 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 not as good an attraction to this to the wildlife sanctuary. True that as well. Also, yes, thank you. She then gets to give her expositional monologue, explaining that she was using CRISPR to help endangered species when her brother got sick with the motivations, and she signed up with Energine, <laughs> hoping to find a cure, unaware that they were using her research to create weaponized DNA. I don't drop the bomb; I just make it. Blah blah blah. When she learned, she tried to to delete her research, but was caught, and her brother died while she was in prison. It's very sad. They fist bump over their mutual desire to punish the executive Wyden siblings as choppers arrive to extract them, giving them just enough time to go over their respective character backstories uh, and come to a common understanding about their their mutual uh, enemies. Yeah. And quickly move us on to the next part of the plot. That's, again, just perfectly timed to just keep it this has, thing It has often. worked out well. And they arrive at a command center where they see footage of George and Ralph traveling together in the direction of Chicago. The Rock has difficulty understanding how this could be because it's against their animal nature to make a cooperative journey of this nature. <laughs> how has he not worked out that these are genetically engineered animals? The, yeah, and that's... How... How is he still looking at this and thinking, well, this is normal up to a point? <laughs> like, them being massive, I get, but, like, they're hanging out. That's This ch- is too weird now. I'm out. <laughs> Fucking hell. The Rock, come on. I would have liked it if George was riding Ralph. That, see, now that, if, if George had rode the giant wolf into town, now that would have been that amazing. Would have been, that would have justified this sort of reaction from The Rock. Yeah. Then it's like... <laughs> What the fuck? That gorilla is riding a wolf. That is now that's freaky. 
and also brilliant. The Rock and Kate conclude that Energine must have succeeded in uh, researching long-range sonar and are drawing the animals to them. So the Rock tries to convince the Colonel to evacuate Chicago, but the Colonel doesn't seem to listen, and now the FBI has some questions. So the Rock and Kate are escorted out by military police, and the Rock ducks between some buildings and confronts the soldiers suggesting that they just let him leave or, and, you know, you want to talk about just hitting all of the things that these sorts of films need to hit. <laughs> it's like, or I'll have to knock out one of you, you know, you and, and subdue you at a chokehold and, and you're going to pee yourself and you don't want that and it's a bad look. And then they don't comply and he does it. Yeah. Yep. That's like this this movie wants to hit every single note, every single branch of the family friendly action movie mm-hmm. as it falls from the tree. Yep. Uh so Rock and Kate go look at helicopters, but they're all surrounded by soldiers. So Kate suggests looking for a medevac chopper, and they go do that instead, and they find it, and it's there, and it's accessible. <laughs> cool. As they're about to, like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) This whole sequence is stereotype after stereotype after stereotype. It's just filling screen time. Yeah. As they're about to board, Billy Bob shows up behind them. It is like, what, did you think they were just going to have the keys under the visor? (laughs) Which, fair point. Fair point. Yeah, and, and Kate tries to reason with him, suggesting there might be some sort of antidote at uh, Energide. So Billy Bob gives them the keys to the chopper because he coincidentally also has the keys to the medevac chopper that they specifically. Yeah, what did you think the keys would just be conveniently placed? <laughs> anyway, have my convenient keys. <laughs> Says uh, helping them is the least they could do that he could do after them saving his life. He also gives them a satellite phone to keep in touch. Um, The Rock, not a good pilot, which is very funny. Uh, The Colonel tries to blow up Ralph and Charlie with missiles, but when sending in infantry to confirm the kills, again, the bodies aren't found. And again, a bunch of people get killed on monitors. I would have loved it if George had a giant machine gun. Oh. I can't stop. I'm grinning thinking about him in the middle of the city just firing a giant machine gun that explodes the buildings. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 they also included uh, in in the the genetic recipe the ability to learn how to use tools. And so we've got this sort of like uh, Day of the Dead thing going on, you know, he's realized how to use the machine gun. And he just takes one of them yeah, off the chopper, it's... and he's like Ramboing it up. Yeah, does the salute like the zombie does at the end, right? After they drag off a military guy whose legs are being pulled off, and he's going choke on him. Yeah, I fucking love Day of the Dead. Such a good movie, so good. I think that's probably my favorite Romero. It's the one I like. Oh, that was that was the end of that sentence. 
<laughs> yes, that was the end of that sentence. It's the one I like. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I like Dawn of the Dead, but it's it's not it's not like great great. It, it has it has some really good stuff in it, and there's a reason it's a classic. And I don't prefer the original. We've been over this. We've talked about Romero. Before. I like the remake. I know I like you do. It. I like James Gunn, and I'm 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 glad James Gunn got to write that, and it broke his career out. That's what I like about it. But it's like the thing. I guess here's the thing about that Day of the Dead movie, and I know we've talked about this before, but I just had a stunning realization. Like it is. It is an example of the the Janus coin of of Hollywood, because on the one hand it gave us James Gunn, and on the other hand it gave us Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't realize how important that Dawn of the Dead movie really was. I mean, it's the most influential movie of modern cinema history. And it's a remake. Of course it's a remake. Yeah. Of, course of course it's a it remake. Is. Why would it be? Of course. Yes, obviously it's a remake. What an idiot I am. Uh, so as the, uh, uh, the, the Rock and, uh, and, and Kate are, are flying into Chicago and being informed that uh, the colonel's evacuating and uh, they, they find George and Ralph wrecking shit in the streets. Military choppers and tanks are being tossed around like toys. Uh, a golden retriever is scared. Oh, yeah, I remember the, the dog bit. Yeah. Uh, Ralph, yeah, that was cute. Ralph grows some spines somehow and shoots them at helicopters. So cool. Cool. Well, that was pretty cool, yeah. Um, the military... This whole scene, like... This is where the movie started. Yeah, well, this is, yes. They finally get to the city and the shit kicks off. And this is all good. It is all very good. It is it is uh, big, big monsters, wrecked shit. It, it feels like what an Americanized Godzilla should feel like. Yeah, and not that one. No, and not that one that Americanized Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, they are they are wrecking shit. It's it's destruction on a massive scale. Uh, Fast paced. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of lovely detail, like background details, like guys being flung and Ralph gobbling them up as they're in the air, like tossing stuff around. It's so tanks, it's really good. Tanks really being good you know just kicked, uh, which was something mm. in the game uh, that you could do. You could kick the tanks and you could punch them, kick the shit out of those tanks. Yep. Yeah, so there's a lot of like subtle nods if you're aware of the games in it, uh, but it's well paced. It it, it it pops from one destructive thing to the next. It's really good. These all yeah, of the these... best bit of rampage is when the rampage happens. Hard to imagine, but uh, there it was. It was in the name all along. Uh, as the military is struggling to deal with the evacuation, they get a signal of something else big heading into the city by way of the river. The Rock and Kate see it too from their helicopter. It upends a ferry full of people and reveals itself to be a giant lizard with a warthog's head and a spiked tail. Stomping happens. Uh, Dave and Busters is justifiably destroyed. Um, <laughs> the Colonel then orders a bombing run that's going to level the city. Uh, Russell, uh, Billy Bob... 
tries to convince him to hold off, noting that the bomb is going to destroy any evidence that might be used to prove Energine's role in this incident. Uh, but the colonel basically tells him to shove it. And later, another soldier delivers information to Billy Bob that shows that Energine has a secret server only accessible by the Widens, which Russell concludes must have the research thereafter. And he arranges transport for himself to Chicago. So everyone is being drawn to this building for one reason or another. Yup. Uh, the Rock and Kate... They, uh, they land in Chicago outside the Energine building. They get to the labs. Russell calls to uh, warn the Rock about the impending bombs. And they break into the lab, but find that all the computers have been confiscated by the FBI. But Kate cleverly realizes that she could hack into the network through a thermostat. This seems like an instance of creating a problem so that they can create a clever solution to, so to show how clever a character is. Oh, like a certain presidential campaign. Boom. Upstairs, Claire and Brett are packing up their things, but then Claire notices that Kate's in the building, so got to deal with that now. And Kate notices that all the research is gone, but the samples must still be here because you can't delete physical things yet. Uh, and as she's collecting the, the antidote, Claire and Brett appear behind them, explaining that it's not really a cure so much as it stops the growth and demands that they hand over the samples. But Kate, oh, clever Kate. Clever Kate's cleverly hidden one in her clever pocket. Claire shoots the rock in the stomach and takes Kate at gunpoint to the roof where a chopper awaits. And as they're boarding, Ralph, Lizzie, and George have all arrived at the, um, the tower. And Claire intends to have Kate re-engineer the virus for them to sell on the black market, so it's all going to work out for, for our ruthless villains. But before they could get out of the helicopter, George appears and freaks everybody the fuck out. Brett goes bolting, and Kate is almost crushed by the helicopter being uh, pushed around by George, only to be saved at the last second by the rock. And as George bashes on the transmitter, uh, Kate reveals that she has one of the dose one one of the doses of the drug to the Rock. So the Rock suggests that okay, well, they'll give it to George, and then they'll get George to help them take down Ralph and Lizzie. Seems like a good plan, right? About, solid. Yeah, solid strategy, sure. And as they try to figure out how to administer the dose to him, Claire emerges again with her gun, and feigning defeat. The Rock calls out to George while Kate drops the sample she's holding into Claire's purse and pushes her into George's hand to be eaten. Uh, now, this whole little sequence here is a callback in a lot of ways. I mean, it's a major callback to Rampage, the video game, in that the dress that Claire is wearing, she's wearing this bright red dress that is uh, like the character art uh, that was mimicking Fay Ray from, you know, King Kong in the Rampage mm -hmm. cabinet art, and there was a a character you could eat for bonus points was a Fay Ray type character in a red dress in the game. Um, so here we have the the Fay Ray style pickup of her by George, yeah. uh, dropping her in the, his mouth. Uh, she doing the "I never saw Paris fall." <clears throat> pretty uh pretty pretty normal pretty much what you expect 
yeah. And downstairs, Brett is leaving when he's confronted by Billy Bob, who offers to let Brett go if he gives him the laptop with the evidence he's carrying. Brett. At this moment, I was like, well, he's going to get killed the moment he steps out that building. Sure enough. Brett does this, then wanders outside where he is immediately crushed under an enormous pile of shit. Predictable, but it was well-timed. It was very well-timed. Just the land, just the splatter as well. The timing of these gags, on the whole, is is well-executed. Nothing original ever happens, but they know how it's supposed to happen, and they do that thing. So Yeah, yeah, like, that... The humor is reduced just because you see it coming, mm-hmm. but they do still do them well enough. So if someone doesn't see it coming, I'm sure like younger, like kids, oh, kids are gonna love. Probably this. got a good giggle out of a lot of some of these, you know, a lot of these jokes. Yep, 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 yep. Lizzie is burrowing her way through the building as she climbs, while at the top, Ralph has now started attack- attacking the transmitter. The Rock and Kate get into the broken helicopter, and Rock fires it up, planning to get just enough elevation to not be on the building when it inevitably collapses. And that works out pretty well. They emerge from the helicopter, bruised, but otherwise fine. George climbs out of the rubble, dazed, and The Rock tries to communicate with him, and seems to have returned to his old self following eating Claire Wyden and the antidote. And they have a little joking time together. But that moment is broken by Ralph and Lizzie also both emerging. And it's time for, you know, the big climactic battle. Uh, With eight minutes until the bombs arrive and a lot of civilians still running around, The Rock sends Kate to get a message to Billy Bob while he and George take on Ralph and Lizzie. Um, Kaiju happens. Uh, (laughs) Of course, the wolf flies. Uh, he's got that yep. bat DNA. You know this. You know what this movie is. This movie is Kaiju Two: The New Batch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what this is. Um, the Rock draws Ralph's attention from George with a grenade launcher, uh, luring him directly into the path of Lizzie's mouth, and Lizzie winds up eating Ralph's head. Uh. Meanwhile, Kate manages to get to some military peeps. Uh, Russell's there. She explains the situation to him, and Russell steals a satellite phone from a soldier, and they just run off to save the day or something. Uh, No clear plan. Uh, The Rock unloads his grenade launcher into Lizzie, and Lizzie chases him along an upended building. He's about to become a light snack, but George clubs her with a semi-truck. Does this uh, thing where, you know, Dives in from behind, like club over the, you know, you're, you're, you're like almost viewing from the rock's perspective and you can see Lizzie about to devour him. And then in the corner of the frame, you can see uh, George holding a truck over his head like a club to bring down onto uh, Lizzie's head. And the reason I'm going to such great length to visually describe this particular sequence is because if they're going to do something exactly the same fucking way twice in a movie, I might as well explain it visually. (laughs) Uh, Billy Bob calls the colonel, tells him to uh, watch the drone feed that's going to show The Rock and George taking on Lizzie. 
Lizzie's fucking up George shit. George's shit when the rock throws his grenade belt into her. I want to say she has gills. I don't know. It's not enough. Probably. Uh, she she tries to hit the rock with her tail. George gets in the way. She flings him against the wall, and he's impaled on some pole of some kind. So Lizzie is fucking up George again. And the rock spots a military chopper with intact weapons, powers it up, unloading first the cannons and then the missiles on her. And, of course, it's still not enough. And Lizzie quickly demolishes the chopper. With the rock pinned down, Lizzie's about to eat our hero when we get the same shot of George leaping in from behind. But this time he's holding the pole what impaled him. And he uses it to spear Lizzie in the eye. And witnessing this, uh, the colonel decides to cancel the bombing run. Because, you know, these things haven't gotten up from tons of impalements <laughs> and shit prior to now. Whatever. Well, he knows that the movie's almost done. Right, yeah. So... He's, he's he, looking he at his watch. He's like, oh, I don't know. You know, we're like 90 in. So we better wrap yeah. this up. Uh, I think it's time for the emotional reconciliation shit now. So we better go. Uh, the Rock congratulates George, who seems to be dying on saving the city. George goes limp, and The Rock is very sad. Kate and Russell arrive in a Humvee to see the sad Rock. And as Kate tries to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> As Kate tries to comfort the sad rock and they look at the people they saved, the sad rock notices George Twitch and asks him if he just closed his eye. You know, I'm sorry, I just can't buy the rock sad. At least not in this. And maybe it's because we all know what's happening here. Yeah, plus it he doesn't really have a character in this. No, he doesn't. He really is just there just, to be muscles and big. I love animals and I love this gorilla more than all other animals. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, oh, it was all just a very funny joke that George is pulling. He's not dead. He then tries to suggest that The Rock and Kate are doing dirty bedroom business. Oh, yeah, he sticks his finger in a, in a hole he made with his other fingers. He flips The Rock off in that callback. The entire conversation yeah, uh, is... Uh, and, and The Rock then know, encourages the this behavior, admitting that he found it very funny. And as they walk away, they laugh about how they won't be putting George in a plate again, cheerfully strolling through the wreckage of downtown Chicago while <laughs> the survivors come to everywhere. grips with the destroyed, <laughs> shattered lives that that they're now. I mean, like like Chicago didn't have it bad enough. Now it's got this shit to deal with. Yeah. But that's Rampage for you. Years of trauma. Did you like it or not? It's fine. Like, it, yeah, it was a su- yeah, it was a su- I would call it a supremely competent effort. It didn't offend me. Yeah. It, it, it was just there. I watched it. I won't watch it again. It's The, the destruction scenes were cool. I think Jumanji's you know? ruined me on The Rock. Like, I really do. Jumanji was good. Jumanji was really top-tier video game movie stuff and great rock performance. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, uh, Rampage just can't compare to that. But even on its own, it's still just such a by-the-book film. Yeah, I, I... It is hitting every expected note, and that's clearly what it was designed to do. Like you said, it, it's very competent. It's efficient. It's significant but... in that it is a major, you know, production 
attempt at a game ex- at a film explicitly based on a license that does not fuck it up in any meaningful way. Yeah. That's and uh... that's what everyone was all excited about. And and that was you know that's my bad. This is my bad. This is my bad for having seen so fucking many of these goddamn movies and and and, 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 and expecting that when because I have seen so many of them and I know that most of society has not seen so many of them that when most of society comes along and says, Hey, they made, they actually made a good movie based on a video game. It fucks my expectations up. Right. Yeah. Cause cause people are like, Oh, this is a really good movie. And I have to come and look at it as like, okay. In the context of video game movies, you're right. It's fucking citizen Kane. But Outside of that context, this it, it is a very competent uh, blockbustery summer movie with yeah. the typical. It's action there. Beats. It won't be remembered a year from now. Yeah, and tragically, neither will Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. That's that's my takeaway: is that both of these films will ultimately be forgotten. Maybe I, I did think Jumanji was very good, though. It was. It was very good. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, if if the success of Rampage, I'm, I'm assuming it was, you know, it made its money and everything. Um, if it eventually leads to a new Rampage game, I'd be very happy with that. I I mean, I would be open to the to the possibility of a sequel for this as a film. You know, if it made enough money and it made $400 million. Well, there you go. So, well, it, it did pretty good uh the the budget was significant but not like outrageous for a summer film um they could do it again i don't know you know they'd have to introduce something new now because they've tapped the rampage well for the most part but here we have this giant fucking gorilla and who who knows what threats that giant gorilla could face to defend humanity uh Get a, get a giant robot thing. Fucking Rampage versus Terminator. I don't know. There's possibilities. There's options. Get him that giant machine gun. Yeah. And a lot more poo. So, perfectly perfectly acceptable, perfectly competent. Um, I, I get why people were hype on it, but it's not a movie that makes me hype. Nah. Yeah. So what are we doing next time, Jim? Tomb Raider! Yeah! We're going to do the new Tomb Raider, based on the more rebooted Tomb Raiders. Um, I think it's just called Tomb Raider. I believe you're it correct. It was out last year or this year? or uh, Yeah, I want to I say it was out last fall, maybe? Fairly recent. Yeah. Fairly recent. So we'll, we'll take a look at that and be back in two weeks with that. And let you know what we think of that. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully. Not heard bad things about it. No, I haven't heard much of anything about, about it. about Rampage. Yeah. No, true. Huh. Well, we'll find out, and then people can hear much about it, because we will bang on about it. Yeah. 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 So, Tomb Raider, um, if you... I don't know why I said if you. Uh, I had nothing else to lead off from that. Um, but Conrad, you can follow him on the Twitter. You sure can. Uh, at Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, and 
you know where I am, um, whatever. And we'll be back next time with Tomb Raider. Bye. Bye, I guess. Bye. Bye.